take some time just to kind of pray and uh, reflect on on the gift, the beauty, and the challenge of community. And and I firmly believe um, as we move forward that we're going to have to just become more mature when it comes to living in community. And I'm going to ask kind of a <clears throat> a loaded question, but I've asked myself this question uh, quite a bit. How is a faith community or a church, how is a faith community just like every other community, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and what, if anything, makes a church or a faith community different? And so I think we probably have experienced both within our, our lifetime here. How is a faith community? How does it just mirror society, the good, the bad, and the ugly? And what, if anything, makes a church or a faith community different? Uh, so let's take a few moments just to, um, to pray and to reflect on that, and then we can discuss that. So let us pray. Well, I'd like to just kind of open this up for your, your comments and the, the things you have uh, kind of observed over the years. Uh, and all the different communities we, we live in from our, 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 our job is certainly a, a community the um, clubs we are part of from knitting groups and prayer groups to social organizations like the, uh, the Lions Club and uh, Optimist Club and PEO and, and just being maybe part of a bowling league and a book club. We have all these different places where we, we nurture community and we're part of all these places. And so what if anything, uh, in many ways, the, the church or the faith community is just like all these other groups and communities. And in some ways it's, it's different. So um, just kind of open this up. Well, in what ways is the church just like any other club or organization? And, and then maybe what's, what's different about it? So I just like to open this up. <clears throat> when Jesus talks about the, the, the kingdom of God, basically what I hear is the, the community of God. And I sometimes drop the G on the kingdom and just say the kingdom of God, meaning that we're all meant to, to live in relationship. And he has this beautiful image where everybody is invited to be part of that community and to be part of that, that movement here. And since the, um, since the advent of the pandemic, though, uh, maybe one of the things that we have been yearning for and longing for most is quite possibly just community. And I'm very thankful that we have this Zoom uh, technology where we can see each other and we can hear each other and we can lift one another up. And as Anna was talking about, we can hear each other's stories and not judge that story and just listen and hold that. And we collectively hold our joys and our grief and our pain together. And that makes it easier to, to move through life, knowing that a community is supporting our lives as well. And so I'm very thankful that we have this uh, means uh, to meet through Zoom. But even with that, we still miss uh, meeting in person. You know, our, our knitting circles, our book clubs, our, our youth group, uh, going to ball games uh, together, our service organizations like it can be like the Lions Club or an Optimist Club because we all develop and we're part of a, a community. 
with these organizations and groups. And God created us for relationship. And we have a deep yearning uh, to see and to hear and, and to hold one another. And Henry Nouwen in the book that we're going to start our study on, he says, when we spend that time in solitude, like Jesus did on that mountaintop, just spending that time with ourselves and with God, it's just a, a natural <clears throat> process that from solitude, we desire community. The solitude leads us to this uh, intimacy with God, and we discover that that love is not exclusive, it's very inclusive. And we need to share that love with one another. Love always needs a recipient. And this is why I think we're, we're driven at a deeper level, we're inspired at a deeper level to form community. In that, that famous verse in the 23rd Psalm, our, our cup overflows. It's just overflowing with the, the, the goodness and the love and the grace of God. So we desire to, to share that love and, and goodness with one another. And community is not an organization, but it is a, it's a way of life. And community is a web of relationships. I think we could even say it's a, a web of very uh, complex relationships. Community is a world where we create a space where, where brotherliness and sisterliness are very possible. And Jennifer and I, we enjoy, we were very intentional about wanting to live in small towns because of the sense of community that you can find in a smaller town and the relationships you can develop. And the great thing about living in a, a small community is everybody, you get to know everybody. And the challenge of living in a small town is everybody knows you. <laughs> it's, it's the same. <laughs> It's a blessing and a challenge at the same time. And we're part of our, our faith community here in our, our church. And living in Mancus, we, we were part of the schools and, and different organizations. And our community overflows into Cortez and, and Durango and Hesperus and, and beyond. And we're all seeking, kind of like what Philip said, that we're, we're seeking that, that truth, something that is bigger than ourselves. And we find that truth, I would say, in our experience with God, that love underscores everything. But that's what we're created for, to love and care and, and, and forgive one another. <clears throat> and in a healthy faith community, we experience the, the intimacy and the inclusiveness of God's mercy in God's love. In community, we discover that nothing can separate us from that love of God. Not time, not distance, not sickness or death, or even a pandemic. Nothing can separate us from that love of God and one another. And I experienced this uh, maybe in a, a very profound way, uh, uh, a few weeks ago, actually it was longer than that. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, Darcy's mother, and some of you in our, our praise service may remember her, Lavila, when she died a couple of weeks ago and, and she was declining and she had Alzheimer's. And um, 
last Monday they had her funeral. Darcy took her back to South Dakota where she raised her, her children on, on a cattle ranch there. And Levila, even though some of her physical qualities and mental qualities were diminishing, after all that was taken away, she still had a deep sense of belonging and community. And one time in particular, I remember I went to, to visit Levila at the Aspen uh, Meadows uh, home there in Cortez. And because of the pandemic, we just talked to each other on the opposite sides of this large glass window. And quite often our, our, our visits, we usually just sat in silence and just gazed at one another. And we could experience that intimacy, that, that sense of community without saying words. But one time in particular, I remember uh, Levila who struggled to communicate, she, she reached up her hand on the inside of that glass and she just placed it on that glass window. And she just looked at me with these deep knowing eyes. <clears throat> and I just instinctively placed my hand against hers with that glass between us. And we just held each other in that way for what seemed like an eternity. And there was a deep, deep knowing in that moment, a deep connection, a relationship that was rooted in the, in the love and the grace and the goodness of God. And so that in itself was, was special, but considering um, her condition to know that even then, she sought and shared community with me. And that's a moment that I will <clears throat> always cherish. <clears throat> we could say that the, the, the divine in Levila spoke to the divine in me. <clears throat> and it's a deep language that goes beyond culture and our health and all these barriers that separate us. There's a deep intimacy and that love of God, which connects us. It was a Christ <clears throat> moment for me. And I think maybe that's what I hope a faith community can share is, is that we have belief and the hope that we can have moments that go beyond what we can explain, but they connect us at a deeper level. <clears throat> and we realize we're all part of the human race there. And there's a connection. <clears throat> and it was a community in all of its glory. And we can look towards Jesus and his life and his death and, and resurrection to an understanding of what community means. He understood the intimacy and the nature of God as relationship. It was always about relationship. He wasn't spousing dogma and doctrine, which also which serves a purpose, but it can also separate us so much. He knew that the kingdom on earth <clears throat> was about relationship, that it was here, but not fully yet <clears throat> arrived. And this deep sense of relationship or community inspired him to redefine the boundaries 
of family and tribe and church and community. <clears throat> and Jesus extended kinship to everybody. The divine in him, you know, we've always had, we've had this question and I, and I have it as well. How do we talk to these different groups, the people who have different viewpoints than us? How do we form the kinship in the community? And for Jesus, the, the divine in him spoke to the divine in the other person. And that was their common point. And from that place, they were able to develop relationship and kinship or community. And in Jesus's friendship community or the kingdom of heaven, which is here among us, but not yet fully arrived, there are, Roar says, there are no lords or servants. There are no sexual, racial, or historical barriers to membership in this community of God. Jesus' intention is to include everybody in this kingdom. But this does not mean that there is no structure or there are no principles in this kingdom or this kingdom. And that's why I like this verse from 1 Peter, and we could find numerous verses in scripture that all talk about the nature of, of God's kingdom or that heaven on earth here. It says, all of you have unity of spirit and sympathy and love for one another, a tender heart and a humble mind. And even that last one is so important. What if we had humble minds? What if we could admit that we don't have all the answers? And it's as simple as Levila holding her hand on that, on that glass window, sharing love without even being able to speak. Well, these are the principles that guide community life in Christ. And as we know, though, living in a community is not easy, but it is the way forward to us regardless of what all of our political leaders decide, I wanna hear that language of faith, that language of prayer, seeking out the, the common ground because we do need each other. We need each other. And this idea that individuals can survive without anyone, it, it's false, it's, that's not the truth. We need one another. And when we utilize all of our individual gifts and talents, we create a sustainable society, a beloved community. <clears throat> and tomorrow we'll celebrate Martin Luther King Day. And that's the phrase that he used quite frequently during the civil rights movement. We are creating a beloved community by the grace of God. And as we think about those words, our country, is in a mess right now. The United Methodist Church as a whole <laughs> is in that same kind of mess. And we're probably heading towards a schism. So how can we talk about beloved community when we struggle so much to get along? When we might be breaking apart ourselves? And for me, I, would, I think it would be, come down to one word, is we have hope. 
We can talk about community because we have hope. And we have hope in resurrection. We have hope, the conviction that out of death comes new life. Out of chaos comes reorder. Out of brokenness gives way to birth and to wholeness. And we have hope that breakdowns in our personal lives, in our society, those breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. I was just reading a little bit from Diana Butler Bass, who is a, a church historian. And she's acknowledging the chaos and the struggles um, that we're facing individually and as a church and as a society. And she is so excited because she says we're right in the middle of a great paradigm shift that something good is being birthed in our world. And so we have all this chaos and all this destruction, but it's giving birth to a new way of seeing things, a new way of living with one another. And it's kind of exciting to think we're in the middle of a shift, which seems like all this chaos. Richard Rohr says, God will always bring more life and wholeness out of seeming chaos and death. And resurrection hope, that's the foundation of our, our faith here. Resurrection hope provides us a vision for a society in a community that is less destructive and more peaceful, more whole, more sustainable, and more inclusive. And in the chaos we find ourselves in, we start building a new world, a beloved community. And we do this one person at a time. People are always asked, what can we do? What can we do? We can start building community and relationships one person at a time. And that relationship is built on our common humanity, our beauty and our struggles. Because beloved community truly is our way forward and it heals and it restores us. It begins with one person's generous gaze upon another. And that gaze is then returned in kind and that relationship and community begins to form. And it's slow work, but it's the work of the Holy Spirit moving through us. And it's exciting to be a part of it. And so my prayer for all of us today is that we may spend time in solitude, make a commitment to being still several mornings a week. And from that stillness, may we go out into the world and cultivate beloved community here on earth. Amen.